This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Academy Show here on the Blood Red channel. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. Matt Addison here as ever as we bring you the latest news and reaction out of Kirby across the Liverpool age groups. As the season closes in, we're here to discuss all things FA Youth Cup final. Jamie Carragher, Jay Spearing, Nico Williams all have played their part in FA Youth Cup winning sides. Can the like of Kwanzaa, Kometeo and Volkman join them? Well, coming up, we'll be previewing the meeting with Aston Villa at Villa Park, hearing from Captain Gerald Kwanzaa, before rounding up the league campaigns. Matt, I hope you're well. And, well, we're talking ahead of the FA Youth Cup final and what what an occasion it is for the under-18s. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant for them. It's a a huge opportunity to impress. I mean, we're going to speak about it a little bit later on in terms of the last group that went on and won that tournament and, you know, what they've gone on to to achieve since. Loads of of names which are are becoming more and more familiar for Liverpool fans and and hopefully this group of players can be the same. It's obviously the case that not all of them will go on and, and play for Liverpool, but they will go on and have good careers, I'm sure. So it's a, a huge opportunity and it's an opportunity as well to go and play in front of about four and a half, five thousand fans in, in front of uh, all Aston Villa fans, unfortunately. There'll be no Liverpool section. They've been drawn away, which is a, a slightly unfortunate thing. But uh, yeah, as you say, what a, a moment, what an occasion it will be and, and hopefully they can get that win. Liverpool have won the FA Youth Cup on four occasions. The first one of those, 1996, 25 years ago now. But I think we're we're at a period of time, aren't we, in terms of football and certainly at the elite level where there is such a clamour for seeing youngsters promoted through. When you think of 2006 and seven back-to-back FA Youth Cup wins for Liverpool, Jay Spearing, the biggest player of note, within that side, didn't quite kick on really within the first team and train on. But as you say, that side of 2019, a few have now been afforded opportunities and a second final in three years is a really big achievement. And I'm sure Jurgen Klopp will be having an eye on which of these youngsters might well be able to break through. Yeah, I mean, one or two of them have already been training with the the first team, Jarrell, that we're going to hear from shortly. He's one of those. There's been plenty of, of others as well. Tyler Morton, you know, they have all impressed and, and obviously are really highly rated. I think they've come on a long way. I think that the FA Youth Cup run that they've had this season has been hugely important in that. They've learned a lot from it. And I think that the sort of development that we've seen in, in lots of these players has, has been really impressive. I think, you know, all across the pitch, they've got quality, they've got different attributes that you, you sort of need to, to succeed in a Liverpool team. I think, you know, you could pick out several of them, as I'm sure we will do later in the show to, to sort of, name as, as kind of standout players to watch, really. So yeah, it's a, a really exciting group. And I'm sure, you know, as you say, I mean, I think of, of Leighton Clarkson has made his Champions League debut for the senior team this season. He's one of those that, you know, earlier had been in, you know, this sort of occasion he played, I think, in the 2019 final and impressed in, in that sort of run. So there is a sort of precedent there for, for these players. They will know, you know, some of these players that have, have played in the FA Youth Cup final a couple of years ago. They've trained with, they're, they're friends with, they know really well. They know the importance of this. And I think that the fact that it's it's on TV, as I say, there'll be fans there. It sort of all increases the pressure on one side, but increases the excitement as well. And yeah, it's just a, a huge opportunity for them, I think, to, to take the next step, show what they can do, because... They're all hugely talented. They're all in this team for a good reason. And that is because, you know, there is a chance that they could all go on and and play for Liverpool in the future. So, yeah, what an opportunity. Just a case of of going on and, and taking it now. 
Yeah, what an opportunity. Liverpool then looking for their fifth FA Youth Cup title. For more than ahead of the game, let's hear from the Echo's chief Liverpool writer, Ian Doyle, previewing the action with Matt and beginning with talking about the strength of the Reds' youth programme, reaching a second Youth Cup final in just three years. Well, you can see that from the players who are actually playing for the first team. I think uh, Reese Williams and Nico Williams are obviously in the first team squad. Reese Williams has played the last few, you know, last four or five games and they both played, I'm pretty sure, in the Youth Cup final of 2019. So, you know, that that is an indication of the way things have been going. Obviously, Trent's the main example of a player coming through who's, who's become a success, but it's not just him. Curtis Jones as well, there's another one. And there would probably would be a few more if it wasn't for a, a few injuries, shall we say. Paul Glatzel is another one who, who was the captain of the team in 2019. But obviously, this is a, a new batch. It's a it's a group of players who've primarily come through with uh, Mark Bridge-Wilkinson, the under-18s boss, who, who only took on the job just over a year ago. And um, he used to manage the, the, the lower, younger age groups. And he's obviously worked with a lot of these players for three or four years. Not all of them, of course, which I'm sure we'll get on to in a minute. But for them, it's kind of this journey that they've, they've come on together. And I think one thing we have to point out is that with there being no UEFA Youth League, with there being no you know, Premier League Cup, there haven't been, and no international cup actually, I, I, although I think that might just be for the under 23s. Um, there have been a lot fewer games, and I think Liverpool invested quite a lot in the youth cup run. And given the fact they've had to overcome Arsenal, Leicester, and Manchester United, it's not been easy for them, and, and this final won't be easy either. No, it certainly won't. I mean, you mentioned there a couple of the names, Jake Kane, Leighton Clarkson have both played. I think Clarkson made his Champions League debut, didn't he, earlier this season? Mm. So there's sort of examples, isn't there, for these current group of players to follow. If the last FA Youth Cup run is anything to go by, we probably will see a fair bit more of, of these players going forward too. Indeed, and of course, there's going to be a player playing in the Youth Cup final, Billy Cometio, who's actually played in the Champions League for Liverpool already this season. So that, that I mean, that also underlines the kind of the problems Liverpool have had with injuries at centre back because that would that would not normally be the case. But you know, yeah, there is there is this pathway, isn't there? I think that's something that's been introduced over the past five or six years. You know, with certainly under Jurgen Klopp, he, he seems to like playing. Uh, he, he doesn't. He gives youth a chance basically. He uh, if, if he thinks they're, they're good enough, then they're old enough. And we've seen that with, as I say, Trent. We've seen that with Curtis Jones, Nico Williams, Reese Williams, even Nat Phillips. You could argue because he obviously, although he was signed a bit later in his career, he's still somebody who's come through the ranks there. So for Liverpool, it does show that what they are doing at those younger levels, they're getting it right. Yeah, let's have a, a bit of a chat then about the, the sort of FA Youth Cup run up until this point. As you mentioned, they've beaten Leicester, they've beaten Manchester United. We were both there to, to see them at Anfield against Arsenal. They went one down in the, the semi-final as well against Ipswich, but turned that around. We've kind of seen a few different bits of these youth teams during this Cup run that maybe we don't see a great deal of, particularly defensively, I'd say. They've been really quite impressive. Well, that's it. Um, uh, the only goals that they've conceded in this run have been, uh, pretty sure I'm right, saying two penalties and then a goal right on half time, which I still don't even know whether it went over the line, to be honest. It was a bit of an iffy one. If we, but Liverpool overcame that. Yeah, defensively, we've mentioned Cometio, but skipper's Gerald Quanza, who's been very, very good. Um, we, we spoke to him uh, this week, uh, looking ahead to the game. He speaks very well. Um, you can see why he's been given the captaincy by. Uh, by Mark Bridge Wilkinson because of the way that he handles himself, but primarily because of how he plays. Anybody who watched the game against Ipswich will know that you know Ipswich threatened quite a lot in terms of the counter attack. Certainly, in the second half, and Liverpool had a lot of the ball and were chasing the game, but he mopped everything up. He just you know if if yeah, all eyes would have been on Cometio because people had heard of him, but it was Quanser who, who basically took the man of the match award and deservedly so. So and I mean it's not just those two. I mean 
the fullbacks there. Now, Connor Bradley's basically played for the under-23s this season because he is, well, partly because Nico Williams has gone up to the, to the, to the main uh, the senior squad, but also because he's good enough and he's still a bit of an age. Along with Tyler Morton, who plays in midfield, the pair of them have been regularly dropping down from the 23s to uh, to, to help out in the, in the youth cup. And a left-back, it's James Norris, who is a very popular member of the squad. And, you know, he's kind of in that mould of attacking left-back. He's got, he's got a mean left foot, so... Overall, Liverpool defensively has been one of the strong points, which is funny when you consider that in all competitions, they've scored nearly 100 goals this season. We will hear a little bit more from the captain, Gerald Quansar, in just a few minutes' time. But uh, going forward, it's not been too bad either. I mean, I think Tyler Morton and, and James Balaghese we should pick out first and foremost in the midfield. There's, there's other players in there as well. But I think those two in particular, if Liverpool fans who are watching this haven't maybe seen a great deal of the under-18s this season, those two certainly ones to watch. Well, as I say, Tyler Morton, he, he stepped up the under-23s for large parts of this season. And he's somebody, not going to say Steven Gerrard, but he's somebody who's in the Steven Gerrard mould. He's, he's, he's all action. He, he can do it at both ends of the pitch. And he does have a knack for getting a a, a goal um, and, and an assist, which he's shown in this Youth Cup run. In terms of James Balaghese, it's an interesting one because he was you know, he was injured at the start of certainly this year. And he, he missed a couple of months. And... Since he came back, which is at the start of March, I think I'm right in saying he came back in the, the, the under-18s game against United, which they lost at home uh, 1-0. But since then, he's, he's, his numbers have been ridiculous in terms of... I know he scored the hat-trick at Leicester in, in the... Uh, in the uh, what round would it have been? Fifth round, in the fifth round, yeah. Uh, the one before they played Arsenal, where they won 5-1. But his assist is ridiculous. He keeps on getting loads and loads of assists. And what was interesting in the semi-final against Sipswich is that he was marked out of the game a lot because obviously we had done the homework and they, they, they kept him quite quiet but when Liverpool went 2-1 ahead in those final 10 minutes they obviously had to let him go a little bit he created two chances straight away within about two or three minutes he put players through or, or put them in inside the area that's the danger that he is and he obviously anybody who hasn't seen him play he's a bit of a unit as well so he's got this physical huge physical presence so he's somebody who can basically be whatever he, whatever he wants to be yeah, absolutely. You can say that about the front line as well. Matthias Musialovski is one that I'm sure lots of Liverpool fans will be aware of. Melkamo Fraundorf as well. Both of those two signed last summer. And Max Voltman has really impressed me this season. I'm sure you know we'll see all three of those, certainly, if not from the start, at some point during the final. Yeah, well, Fraundorf's an interesting one because you say he joined last summer along with uh, Musialovski. Uh, and he's not really played that much in the Youth Cup run. I know he's got, he's came off the bench and scored the winner in the semi-final, but he's actually not featured that much. I think before then he only played for something like 25 minutes because he got injured at the wrong time when Balaghese then got his place back and there was kind of a slight switch in the formation. But he underlines that if players are coming in and are doing a job, I mean, <laughs> we might as well talk about Musilovsky. I mean, he's the one, as you say, the fans are getting excited about. It's obviously quite early because he's not even been at Liverpool for a, for a year now, but... You can tell just from the way he plays, the way he kind of floats around the pitch and drifts. I mean, there have been similarities to Messi, but only in the sense that the way he kind of you know, runs and, and, and approaches the game, not saying he's anything like as, as good as him, but he's still a decent player. And he's somebody who can make a difference. If he got the equaliser, I know it was deflected against Ipswich, scored against Arsenal. He gets goals. And again, he was another player that, before the game, it was uh, Kieran Dye was talking on, on on television, and he was saying, "Look, he's one player that we we let's put it this way: we haven't shown him all of the all of our players all of the videos because we didn't want to scare him too much." So that kind of underlines what opposing teams think of him. So you can imagine that Liverpool realise they've got a talent on their hands, and there's somebody that they'll just be quite keen to 
you know, progress. He's one of several of the players who've, who've trained with the first team already this year. I think as a, a collective, the, the team, the thing that really impresses me is that they've got the capabilities with these players to do a few different things. We mentioned there, obviously, the defensive stability and, and that side of things. They can counter-attack with Musialovsky. They can keep hold of the ball with Tyler Morton and, and James Balaghese. They've kind of got a few different tools. It, it's not just one way that they go about things. No, what's been interesting is that the team has been largely been the same, certainly for the, for the latter rounds. And that's something that at youth level isn't, particularly normal because you know players move up and down the, the ranks to 23 to the 18 some of them go to the first team a lot of them go out on loan players get injured but for the team to stay you know quite consistent over the last three or four games in the competition it doesn't demand that Liverpool have obviously as mentioned before prioritized this because it's one of the very the only two competitions they could win it's the only cup competition they could win at that this level this season and it's still you know it is a prestigious prestigious uh, trophy to win I mean You've seen teams in the past. It, okay, I know that there's obviously going to be a lot of the players won't actually go on to become, you know, certainly regulars for the team that they, they star in the Youth Cup. But by the same token, it's still been a showcase for an awful lot of players. Just look at, at Liverpool down the years. You look at Michael Owen and play people like that. They've they've won the Youth Cup. So it's there for them. It gives them exposure. It's a good test in the sense that it's an actual, as as we would say, a proper game. You know, it is something on the line. And and for this particular game, there'll be four and a half thousand, I think four and a half thousand, not sure whether it's been confirmed yet, um, Aston Villa fans will be there in this final at Villa Park. So it'll feel like a proper game, a, a proper occasion that because of the way the things have gone this season with the coronavirus and this, that and the other, that most of these players will have never had before. And in terms of the team that Liverpool are coming up against, it's a big challenge as well. Some big players in that Aston Villa team. And obviously, it's a few players that Liverpool's first team have already played against this season. Louis Barry in particular was one that stood out in that FA Cup tie back in, what was it, January, February? January, yeah. Well, it's funny, we've come full circle now. I mean, was it December 2019, Aston Villa's first team played Liverpool's academy team. And then last October, the... Liverpool's first team played Villa's first team. And in January, Liverpool's first team played Villa's academy team. So now it's the two academy teams playing at Villa Park. So it's 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 they've, they've ticked off all the boxes. But yeah, I mean, you would imagine Villa's play. I mean, Villa have been knocking the goals a ridiculous amount on, on their run to the final. They scored nine against uh, Burton. It's six at Newcastle. They got four, four against West Brom in the semi-final. So these are arguably the two best attacking teams in the competition. It will be interesting because, as you say, a lot of these Villa players came up against Liverpool's first team in January in the FA Cup and did quite well. It was one all at half times, seem to remember. And the interesting thing is, I think three of Villa's better under 18s weren't involved either because they'd been part of the initial bubble that they'd had the outbreak and they'd had to just you know send everybody away. So, yeah, I think they'll they'll know what's at stake. Liverpool know what's at stake. I'm rather hoping it's just going to be an entertaining game because that's you know as much as we like to see Liverpool win. But what we'd like to do is see them win play in the right way. And the way that they played all the way through so far has been the way that perhaps, that Liverpool fans would want to see the team play. So even if, I know we want them to win, but if they go down in a defeat by playing that that manner, I don't think they'll mind so much. But for the players, this is a, a huge, huge, huge evening in the, in the very early stages of their careers. Yeah, certainly is a, a massive opportunity. And if Liverpool are to win, Jarrell Kwanzaa will no doubt be busy at the back. I caught up with the Liverpool centre-back and captain to preview the game earlier this week. There should be a couple of thousand fans in the ground for, for the final on Monday. How much are you looking forward to, to leading the team out? Yeah, definitely. It's a great opportunity for, for me and the boys to um, 
progressing to a final, especially a youth cup final, it's such a prestigious event. So um, it should be it should be a great moment. How much have you enjoyed this year's youth cup final? I think you've played every minute of it so far. It, it must have been a, a big sort of journey for for you and the and the team as well. Yeah, it's been a good run. Obviously, we started against Southern, um, quite a comfortable win, but it took us a bit to get going. Um, obviously, that big game against United where we had to hold on for 30, 40 minutes because um, we had 10 men and the togetherness of the group at the minute and the chemistry and everything's high. So um, we can't wait for this final. We're going to give it everything to try and get a win. Do you feel that the pressure at all to, to perform? I mean, it's obviously a knockout competition. If you're not at your best, you, you might get knocked out. How do you sort of deal with that side of things? Uh, I don't see it as pressure. I just love playing football. And I think that's the same with everyone here. We just love playing football and we just play to win. Um, and we win at all costs. And I think that's, that's why we've got so far in this tournament because although it's knockout football, you're only focused on winning and scoring goals and not conceding. So I think that's the best way to look at it. And does the approach change for the final or is it just the exact same as, as what you've done so far? Well, I won't say the exact same. We've not <laughs> played to how we want to play at the minute. So um, hopefully we can put our stamp on the, the game and control it and dominate it how we want to. But obviously if we, get, if we end up getting the win and playing how we were playing, it's either way it's fine because at the end of the day, everyone looks at who's won the 2021 Youth Cup final. You'll be coming up against a, a few players for, for Aston Villa that played against Liverpool's senior side just a, a few months ago. Is that something that you've looked back at to, to sort of assess how good they are and how they might set up? I don't really focus on them, to be honest. I focus on us, but obviously you've heard about they've got a few good players. So, um, Well, that's where I want to be. I want to be playing against the best players in the country. So hopefully they'll, they'll give me that. Is there anything at all you can take from that first team game just in terms of, of what to expect or, or anything along those lines? Well, at times, you know, you, you can play and we know that they'll dig in and they'll try it for not the whole 90 minutes and if it goes 120 minutes, they'll, they'll be really uh, trying the hardest to try and get a win. So they look quite bright on the attack, but um, obviously we've got a strong back four and a good, a good goalkeeper at the minute, so hopefully we won't, won't concede. Yeah, I think that's something that's really impressed, you know, everyone watching on and, you know, in terms of the defensive structure, the way that you set up yourselves. I mean, it's it's been a really impressive team unit, but you obviously take a, a leadership role in that. Is that something that comes naturally to you? How much has, has that sort of progressed for you this season? Yeah, I'd say before my scholarship, I'd say I wasn't a leader at all. I barely speak, but I've got I've gotten more comfortable with being a leader because that's what a centre-half needs to do at the end of the day. Need to order people about getting in positions and it, at the end of the day it makes your job easier. So um, that's definitely something I've looked at and try and make my game easier just so just by speaking. Is that something that sort of comes with, I know you've trained with the, the first team and things like that, is is that all sort of tied in with the, the confidence? Is that is that where it comes from? Yeah, I think I'm playing my best football when I'm confident. So. When I'm confident, you'll definitely hear me loud on the pitch. So, uh, yeah, that's something to look for. Yeah, you've been training with the first team, as I say. You've signed your first professional contract. Does it feel like a, a big season, a big step forward for you this season? Yeah, it's been a good season. I've enjoyed it thoroughly, but it's cliche, but the hard work starts now. Um, and I just want to kick on from, from where I am at the minute. And I've got 
I know I've got so much to improve on, and that's the best thing about it because I know it can be good at times, but I'm nowhere near the level where I can, I think I can reach. We've seen, obviously, Liverpool got to the final a couple of seasons ago. Players like Leighton and, and Jake were both involved in that. They've gone on to, to play for the first team since. Is that something you've got your eye on as well? Yeah, definitely. It's every academy player's dream to play for the first team. That's what that's what I'm working for at the minute. So to see Leighton and Jake obviously get their opportunity and Billy obviously as well um, gives you a lot of confidence that you can go on and do it yourself. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Billy as well. I think four out of, of the five Youth Cup games, you've played alongside each other in defence. How would you describe the sort of relationship that you have with him? It, it seems from the outside to, to work really nicely together. Yeah, definitely. Um, starts with off the pitch, though, because obviously he came in his under-16 year, so three years ago, uh, just trying to make him feel comfortable. I try a little French with him, I'm not too good at it, but I try like uh, settling and settle down and obviously... Our partnership on the pitch has just mainly been this year, uh, but I think we complement each other's game really well. Would you say there's more of a, a leader in that? Is it, is it yourself that, that takes charge or how, how does it sort of work in, in that regard? Yeah, I'd say I lead it more, but Billy's definitely, you can see by his presence alone, that's how he leads, uh, just by example, so you can you can see that. I think after Arsenal it was, we, we spoke to, to your manager and he described you both as man mountains at the back. I mean, it, it must be quite nice to, to hear things like that, especially having played at Anfield as well in that one. Yeah, man mountains. <laughs> Billy's a man mountain, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm tall, but <laughs> not filled out yet, but hopefully that will come soon, yeah. Yeah, is that something you've sort of got your eye on for, for the next sort of few months into next season? Is that a big target for you to, to sort of develop on, on that side of things as well? Yeah, definitely. I think because I'm not normally the fastest, I'm not the strongest. I'm tall, but I can win a couple of headers. But I think developing that and say for do going low and being a bit strong and be able to hold myself against uh, bigger players, it'll be good. But I'd say I'm definitely clever as well on the pitch, like anticipating where the ball's going to go, anticipating, di anticipating danger. I think. I thought I've had to learn that throughout my years. So if the physicality comes, if it doesn't, I know what I can do to get around it. Is that, would you say, the, the biggest thing for you moving into to next season? Is that is that the thing that you want to, to focus on and, and try and improve the most? Um, you could say that. There's a lot of things I want to work on at the end of the day. Um, hopefully getting bigger will come with time and age when I stop growing finally, hopefully soon, without <laughs> getting injuries, but um, yeah, you, you could say that. And just finally then, has there been any sort of message from, from Jürgen or from any of the, the first team lads? I'm sure they'll all be watching on and, and hoping that you guys can, can do the job on Monday. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure they'll, they'll be uh, have a keen eye on watching some, some of our players and hopefully they'll be wanting us to win. Liverpool under-18s captain Jarrell Quanser there with some interesting insight on Billy Cometio and his team ahead of the FA Youth Cup final. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. A win at Villa Park could be a great way to end the campaign, but it's been a good season in the league as well for the 18s, even if they did miss out on the title in the end. Matt, it was a close-run thing in the end. Liverpool finishing third in the league campaign, the under-18s, but... 
as we said there, it has been a strong campaign for them and shown a fair bit of consistency through it as well. Yeah, it certainly has. It's always one of those. We always seem to, to caveat these conversations with, you know, certain players have stepped up to the under-23s at, at times and that sort of thing. And I think the, the two teams that have beaten Liverpool in the league this season, the two Manchester clubs, both of those clubs are, are very much, if there's a big game, the under-23s who are young enough will step down and, and play in the under-18s. And Liverpool don't really do that. It's, you know, far more about development, progression. They're not too bothered about the results. But, you know, I'm sure at the end of this season, they'll look back and whether they win the FA Youth Cup or not, they'll look at, at the league campaign and, and take a lot of, of positives out of it, I think. You know, they've scored 74 goals in 24 matches. Again, both City and, and United scored more, but... That's still, you know, really impressive, really consistent to, to be scoring, you know, at that rate, three goals a game across, you know, an entire season is, is really, really good stuff for them. So that's obviously a huge thing. And, and defensively as well, I think they've come a long way. I think at the start of the season, we were having conversations about them, not necessarily looking particularly confident, but I think particularly, you know, Kwanzaa has, has come on a long way, the two fullbacks as well. It's sort of all sort of tied in. And at times we've seen Billy Cometio. We've spoken about him in the past, not necessarily looking particularly comfortable. But again, the more time has gone on, the better that record has become. And Liverpool have conceded 26 times in the league this season, but only Manchester City out of those teams have conceded fewer. So it's still, you know, a fairly big number, 26 goals conceded in 24. It sounds like quite a lot. But realistically, compared to, to the rest of the league, only one team was better than them. So, yeah, loads of positives there and obviously a few individuals that can be picked out as well. So, on the whole, I think a really promising campaign. And yeah, they'll look to improve that next season. But if you put in a, a similar sort of performance, I think you know Mark Bridge-Wilkinson would be pretty happy with that. It's one of those, isn't it, in terms of how they do develop. And we heard from Gerald before in terms of how... He wants to improve his own game, both physically he wants to beef up a bit, but also says even if that isn't a case of maturing over the next six months, there's plenty on his game he can work on. And, and Doyley referenced before how many of these lads who were even in the, the FA Youth Cup winning side in 2019 progressed under Mark Bridge-Wilkinson and with sort of Barry Lutus there above. It, it is that succession plan and that continuation of development. And as you say, there have been a few standout individuals and, a number have actually, rather than stepping down from the 23s to fill the numbers, also gone the other way as well this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think Leighton Stewart is, is the obvious one. He was one that at the start of the season I picked out as one who probably would step up and he has done that. Unfortunately, he's got himself injured, probably is going to miss the rest of this calendar year. I mean, he'd only played, I think, two or three matches at under 23's level. But as much as, you know, he was really important, he still ends this season as the under 18's top scorer in the league. 15 goals from him even though he only played 10 times in the under-18s Premier League. So not a, a bad ratio for him. Max Boltman next with with 10 goals. And I think just to, to pick out a player from elsewhere in the league, I mean, Charlie McNeil at Manchester United is one that I think we're going to hear a fair bit about moving forward. But uh, yeah, just the, the 24 goals for him this season. So yeah, a, a goal a game for, for him. One of those that they've signed from Manchester City. But uh, yeah, certainly from a Liverpool perspective, loads of good things. Leighton's obviously stepped up and been unfortunate, but I'm sure he'll bounce back and, and be stronger. And, you know, uh, at the end of, of his injury, once he comes back, I'm sure he'll be straight back with the under 23s. So plenty of, of positives. Liverpool have got loads of goals, loads of, of creativity, and I'm sure we'll see that in the Youth Cup final on Monday night.
Yeah, definitely. We spoke extensively then on the 18s with that FA Youth Cup final and I suppose it's somewhat of a, a special looking ahead to that. It'd be wrong of us not to do so. But the under-23s side, we always like to check in on as well. Must, uh, best talk about them and how's their sort of league campaign come to an end? How, how have they finished up? Yeah, again, it's a, a conversation that has to be caveated by, you know, players stepping up. You know, there's been certain times this season where there's been sort of a priority placed on players playing in first team training rather than, you know, playing for the 23s at times, obviously with the number of injuries, the likes of Clarkson and Kane and one or two others have needed to sort of step up and, and fill the places on the bench for Liverpool's senior team. So in the end, Liverpool, you know, well off winning the league. Manchester City won it by 14 points. Chelsea was second. Liverpool finished seventh, but that probably is, is slightly worse than, uh, or sounds slightly worse than, than what it is. I think they were only 12 points off Chelsea in second place. So you can sort of see how tight it was in the middle of that. Manchester City ran away with it at the top, but the rest reasonably well placed. I think a point ahead of Manchester United, a point behind Everton. That's kind of where you probably expect Liverpool to be, in all honesty. I think certainly all three of, of those teams, Manchester City as well in, in the northwest, it's a, a really sort of strong under-23s Division 1. So, yeah, it was a, a season of, of mixed sort of results. But again, we know that the key thing is that the development is there and the, the evidence is there in, in matchday squads for Liverpool's senior team. You see Clarkson, Kane, Cometio, Reese williams all of these players have played a significant part for Liverpool this season. And ultimately, I think if you asked at the start of the season, Barry Lutus, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to, to be up there with Manchester City competing for the title? Or would you prefer one or two of your players to be playing pretty much week in, week out for, for Liverpool's first team? But the, there's no discussion to be had. It's, it's obvious which one of those he'd pick. Yeah, they've certainly been helping supplement the, the first team through large proportions of the season. In terms of how the how the season finished, I know you're mentioning they, they finished seventh, but there was a bit of drama late on in the uh, final game with Leicester, wasn't there? There was, yeah. There was uh, a double header to, to finish the season. I was there uh, for a two-all draw at home. Two players for Liverpool sent off. Morgan Boys after about two or three minutes and Tyler Morton was sent off late on. I think he kicked the ball away and the referee didn't like that. Gave him a second yellow card, which is probably fair enough. But Liverpool were, were quite clearly by far and away the, the better team on that occasion. I mean, obviously it ends 2-2, but they ended the match with, with nine players. Barry Lutus was sent off in that one as well for his protestations at the end. I think, you know, Morgan Boys couldn't have any sort of uh, complaints about his red card. He pulled his man back as, as he was going through on goal. But I think if this had been 11 v 11, it would have been a pretty easy victory for Liverpool. And the evidence for that was seven days later, they played them again, travelled down to the Midlands, played them in Leicester and, and beat them 2-0. So, yeah, it's uh, one of those. It was a slightly frustrating one. But again, it, it shows how far this Liverpool team have come and, and how much better they were really than Leicester. I think there's 12 teams in the under-23s league. Leicester, I think, finished bottom of the table. So only five places above were Liverpool. But yeah, there was an absolute gulf in, in class, really. So, yeah, a couple of, of games there, which kind of showed where Liverpool are, where their, their sort of season is. Bit mixed in terms of results, but development was clear. And Paul Glatzel, uh, we spoke about him a, a little bit on the last podcast, so I won't, won't go on too much about him, but played, I think, 90 minutes in, in the final game of the season, played about an hour the week before. So, yeah, absolutely superb to, to see him really come back and, and play a key role, really, and, and not look after a, a significant injury for, for him. 
not look out of place to, to play in a slightly different position as well in that two-all draw. The early red card meant that he had to then go and, and play over on the left-hand side, slotted in there, you know, as if he'd always played there. So plenty of, of positives, I think, certainly to, to take from that. And yeah, I think for, for Barry Lutus, it was a really, really promising start to, to a, a campaign, really, as obviously his first season as, as under-23's manager. Just before we wrap things up, obviously, we always like to talk about transfers and these kind of things. And I just wonder, you're mentioning there, obviously, how much the under-23s have even had to help supplement the first team this year due to the injuries. But you mentioned a player like Morgan Boys, who, of course, spent the first half of the season out out on loan at Fleetwood Town, didn't get much game time, so was recalled by Liverpool. Mentioning him and even someone like Paul Glatzel, how big a summer do you think it might be for some of these under-23s lads to maybe be looking for those loan moves for the next step almost in their development and looking to take the next step in their careers, whether that be coming back to Liverpool and pushing on or whether it be trying to dip their toe in the water of the EFL and see if there's any suitors out there for them? I think there's loads that fall into that category, to be honest. It, it sort of feels like a, a bigger summer in terms of those kind of transfer decisions than maybe we'd have normally. I think that's partly because of, of injuries. Obviously, Pal, we know, has had you know two or three really big injuries and, and probably would have gone out on loan already, in all honesty, if he'd been able to. But I think uh, I think he's just about 20 now. I think it's, it's probably the right time for, for him to go. At what level would he go in? I'm not sure. Maybe maybe League One to begin with, just to, to sort of see how that goes for the first half of the season and sort of go from there. I think Liam Miller is one that you'd pick out. I think he's 21 now, turns 22, I think, in October time. So, again, it's one. Is it time for, for him maybe to, to move on? He's been out on loan for the second half of this season at Charlton. Kind of done okay. Been a bit inconsistent, as you might expect for a young player, but very experienced Canadian international. Would expect him probably to move on permanently this summer. And Ben Woodburn as well is another one that's still there. Still pretty young in the grand scheme of things, but looks a long, long way down the the pecking order at Liverpool. I asked Barry Lutus about him uh, on the final uh, Liverpool home game of the season and said, you know, is this the last time we might see him in Kirby? And, you know, he couldn't really answer that. kind of comes down to to other people above him in terms of making that decision. But I think there is kind of an acceptance. It's probably unlikely that we see Ben Woodburn in a Liverpool shirt next season at, at whatever level because he's far too good for the under-23s and probably not quite good enough to get into that senior team. So I think a transfer for, for those players certainly makes sense. Morgan Boys is another one you say, you know, he went out on loan last season. Good chance he does that again. Billy Cometeo, even, you wonder whether there might be a loan for him. Seth Vandenberg, I'm sure, will go out again. Yeah, there's there's absolutely loads of players, really, to, to think about. And, of course, if they do, that will then offer an opportunity for some of those under-18s to step up and, and become 23s next season. So, I'd imagine, for example, um, maybe a Kane or a Clarkson might go out on loan. That would then offer the opportunity for Tyler Morton to be a first-team regular playing week in, week out for the 23s. I would imagine that Kai Gordon would step up as well. Still very, very young at at 16, but Liverpool played uh, AFC Wimbledon in a a friendly at the end of of this season. He scored two, started, played really well. I think they played in front of a crowd on that occasion as well. And I just think there's there's a huge opportunity for some of these players to either go out on loan or or take the next step within Liverpool. And certainly I think Kai Gordon would be one to, to keep an eye on next season. 
Yeah, I think a lot of them probably seeing what Harvey Elliott has done this year at Blackburn and thinking they want a piece of that and trying to replicate it. But anyway, all eyes on Villa Park on Monday, of course, with Liverpool out to win the FA Youth Cup for a fifth time. Don't forget, we'll have extensive coverage across the Liverpool Echo website. Ian Doyle going to be our man there to take in the action. We'll be back with another Academy show soon as we wrap up the season for the age groups at Kirby. But until next time here on Bled Red, from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.